0: Welcome to the Pinebridge Investment Podcast. I'm Mandy Adamu, Head of Consultant Relations at Pinebridge for EMEA. The theme of International Women's Day this year is break the bias, challenging the stereotypes and discrimination that women often face in the workplace and society as a whole. To highlight these challenges and how women are increasingly breaking all types of biases, we're speaking to Christina Al-Qaeda a Managing Director in Pinebridge's Private Funds Group. Christina, great to have you here. I'm really looking forward to learning about your experiences of breaking the bias as a professional woman. But first, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself?
1: Where thank, are you from? <laughs> thank you, Mandino. It's great to be here, uh, especially for this occasion of International Women's Day. So. I was born and raised in Santiago, in Chile, so South America, one of the kind of southern countries in South America. Grew up in a single-parent household at the time of military dictatorship, which uh, generally, it was a hard time for everyone, but it was also very unique, very unique time to grow up. And uh, generally, as I mentioned, like in a single kind of parenthood, my mom used to work very long hours. Since I was very little, I was told that I needed to be financially independent and it was something that was very really ingrained in my brain so yeah that was basically just the circumstances that I grew up.
0: That's very interesting I think um, sometimes when you brought up in th- that kind of environment it actually makes you stronger prepares you for the financial services industry <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how did you get into portfolio management where did you start your career?
1: Well, I went to school in Chile, uh, but I studied engineering, um, which is a six-year course. And I did a, tra- a master's in transfer engineering, actually nothing related to finance. Uh, I, it was a course that is was very broad and actually it allowed the flexibility to do a lot of things afterwards. That was my thought when I started. But before graduating from the master's, the opportunity came to work in a local investment bank in corporate finance. Uh, it was a very, very reputable investment bank. And after a short stint on M&A, uh, I joined a newly distribution desk in the company that basically what we were doing was selling international product for local pensions, which were at that point allowed to invest abroad. The local pensions before they had to only invest in local instruments. But uh, since 2000, basically, the Chilean bank actually opened the limits for them to invest abroad. So we had the opportunity to meet all the very international asset managers and tell them that actually we could distribute those products in the pension funds in South America. So it was great for years, traveling around the world, trying to pitch these asset managers that the local pension funds in South America, Chile, Peru and Colombia, actually, were only growing. because. The, all those economies were formalizing, so from very very informal economies, very, so all they were they were constantly growing. So, and that was that was great until at some point, I realized that if I wanted to do more, I needed to have some finance background because it was very light what I had done at engineering. So I decided to go abroad again and uh, to do my master's in finance at London Business School. And I was lucky enough after. So just before the crisis, the global financial crisis, to get a position at um, at AIG, uh, the secondary group at that point, weeks before actually I needed to go back to Chile yeah. <laughs> because I couldn't afford to stay in the UK without a job. So and the rest is history. You know? So it was it's a little bit of luck, a little bit of, you know, some decisions that were made in, in between. But um, generally, my exposure to the asset management came from those four years that I had to work with asset management distribution. In in South America.
0: What a great opportunity that sounds like, Like, you you had fun as well. Yes, it was. It was
1: extremely fun.
0: (laughs) And if you look back, how does the working environment differ from that time to now?
1: Yeah, it's hard to compare because I was working in something very different then. So sales are very fast paced as well. But what I, I think what it's noticeable is the change in attitudes from women towards what they want for a job how they want to achieve it. I think before we were much more go with the flow and if a good opportunity, you just take it. Now it seems to me that people are just building their careers much earlier and with much more uh, intentionality that we used to. So, and that and that's great because I think from a gender's perspective, I think that's something that we as kind of females, we kind of lacked. So yeah. I think that's that's definitely a, 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 a move forward.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. That is a big difference, an isn't it?
1: And also because you you number. gain confidence, yeah. no? So on the making the changes that you want, no, for your career. So I think it's also the confident part that when yeah. you plan it, it comes much Absolutely. more straightforward.
0: That comes in time, doesn't it? Yeah. Like gaining confidence. And have you encountered any bias in the course of your career? How did you deal with it?
1: Yeah, well... As I mentioned, so having grown up in back in, in, in Chile, I think if I, you first experienced biases in university, you know, so I studied a career that is definitely mostly male. So there were very few women studying engineering at that point. I moved from my only girl school into this very male environment that forced me to adapt, actually, and make sure that I could race to the challenge. I, I had let pass a kind of a lot of banter, probably, but that today kind of will really front up one. But but I think I manage it to kind of probably highlight the things that were not good on the things that were like, hey, this is not okay, in a way where people were were reflective rather than defensive. No, so and and my first job, I worked at a trading desk, uh, which as well, many things that I heard probably are not acceptable today. <laughs> and I and I think in hindsight, many of the biases I encounter have come not with a bad intentions but with a place of ignorance and, and place of of historical backgrounds of people that don't know anything different and kind of my view has been always trying to be uh inclusive rather than exclusive instead of like of, of course there are situations where you need to be hard and this is not right but you also need to try to understand where the other person is coming from and may not coming from a bad place. It's coming from a place that they don't understand why things need to change. And if you're able to explain that in a way that is not very, maybe not very confrontational, I would say, but says like, wait, hey, this is not great. I have experienced much better results in terms of people that is reflecting and, and kind of trying to change their behaviours afterwards.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's good that you had the confidence to actually correct people because you're absolutely right unless we do that nothing will
1: change and everything will stay the same yeah and, and i think that when you say unless we do that i think one of the things is that we all want these changes to be quick because it's yeah. it, you know but on the other hand we also want them to be permanent yeah. So we just need to balance out of how we don't alienate or kind of get people corner and kind of thinking that their position is the best one rather than trying to understand and bring them to the table. That's why we're always thinking about sponsor and people just trying to get to the table and trying to understand. And that I think takes a little bit more time. So you need to be more patient and as you said, you need to have the confidence and be permanent or can consistent in how you react to those situations.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And Christina, what do you think is a key success to DNI?
1: As we discussed previously, no? so trying to understand the differences and individual sim- circumstances of each person or each group is very important when you want to know if there is a real intentionality in their comments. no. So when you don't, yeah, I think you fall behind. When you know you don't understand, it's very difficult to argue from a kind of position of knowledge. And you don't want to alienate someone and kind of they get to a corner and kind of come back fighting. And I think that understanding the changes also takes time. And we know that all these changes will take time. And also we know that we, if they want to be permanent, then we need to be consistent. If we want to shorten the time to see these changes, we will need to try to aim for consistency, I think internally and externally. And I think those are the kind of the key things to achieve when we talk about DNI.
0: Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. And if you look back, is there one person who stands up in your mind? Somebody who impacted your career or helped you develop your career?
1: Yeah, um, as I mentioned, I think that those four or five years that I worked back in Chile in the distribution desk were very—they marked my life a lot. Like, and my my—and that was my first boss. Who actually was very entrepreneurial and very kind of liked to develop new ideas and kind of was a risk taker, I would say in that sense, because uh, he was opening well, this open this business in Peru, goes in of Colombia, and actually I we really enjoy working together. I always admire his entrepreneurial spirit and his view that actually work is part of something much bigger than that. It's the, that is life. Yeah. So he was very hardworking. But we also he also made sure that it wasn't all his life. So he had a good balance in that sense. So we continue to be very good friends. And we generally I continue to have him as a kind of informal mentor.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's nice you had somebody like that, because not everybody gets those opportunities, right? Yeah. You hear some horror stories, in fact. But I was also lucky to have a mentor on a boss who was very encouraging he actually told me on a way to a meeting that you're going to present at this meeting while we were in the taxi and when I completely panicked he (laughs) kind of calmed me down and said no I'm there but you can do this and you know doing things like that I think it's really helpful and having somebody who
1: encourages you yeah that sees your potential as well and can give you that confidence what do you do outside work for fun, Christina <laughs> oh, at, at, Outside work, I have another job, another full-time job, being a man of three gorgeous children. So and they're super fun most of the time. I just, I cannot stress it enough. But um, however, I have thought about putting like a taxi company recently. So <laughs> I, my weekends are spent like between activities and driving children here and there. But I also have the vision that it's not going to be forever so I'm trying to enjoy it as much as we can and generally sports has always been a really kind of big part of my life I played volleyball until I had my second child I played here volleyball in England when I arrived which allowed me to also meet people from different kind of parts of life allow me to travel around England so and also I really like the fact that sports are it's collaborative and it's focused to perform as well. So I think that's I kind of continue to try to ingrain that to my children going forward. I have made a New Year resolution to improve my tennis because now I know don't play volleyball anymore, yeah. unfortunately, time and injuries and everything. But um, yeah, let's see. If someone wants to play, let me know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> volleyball was actually my favorite game as well until I played in Cuba with a very heavy ball <laughs> on the front of my finger. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But tennis sounds like a, a good option. Yes,
1: yes. From like, from now forward, it looks like a good option. <laughs> yeah. And what's
0: the most favourite part
1: of your role at Pinebridge? What do you enjoy most? I would say because I've been with the company for kind of quite long, kind of your time, fifteen years. So my role has evolved, and it's always been quite, I would say, dynamic. But currently, I would say I really enjoy the kind of hybrid. Part of the role of being an internal and looking at investments and being very analytical on that side. Also being able to talk to clients and being kind of a little bit outward facing. I really think that asset management and what we do is actually for our clients. And if you do that in a vacuum and don't speak to them, it's very difficult to really assess if you're doing it right, you're doing it wrong or, if you you know, what do they want? I really enjoy that part of my role.
0: Yeah. And that shows when, by the way, when you do meetings. <laughs> And uh, what advice would you give young women starting out in portfolio
1: management and thinking about a career in finance? Yeah, I, I think the main advantage, I would say, that people want to have now to decrease in finances, the availability of information. so when I started, I didn't even know the amount of roles or things that were available within an asset management business or, you know, that is not only investments, but it can be compliance. It can be business development. It can be marketing. It can be, there are so many, it can be product. There are so many parts of the investment chain and the distribution and the asset management business that are so interesting that don't hesitate to, to do your research, to speak with all the people that you need to speak to, you know, and see how your skill set can be applied not only to one, but to few parts of the asset management business. So sometimes a lot of people think about just only making investments, but we both know that it's so much more than that. And don't be afraid to ask questions. The worst thing that you can get is unknown. Thank you so much, Christina, for taking part in this podcast.
0: It was great to learn about your journey and how you've been championing progress in our industry. And thanks, everyone, for listening. You can find out more information about Pinebridge's DI on our website, pinebridge.com. And we hope you will tune into our forthcoming podcast episodes. Thank you. Thank you, Mandy.